Pastor Varun and Pastor Dala Hopperset would like to welcome you to the following message from New Hope International Church, Seattle, Washington. Here is Pastor Lau's dynamic teaching that will change your life with love, hope, and peace in Jesus Christ. In Psalm 34, verse 19, Many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivers him out of them all. Everyone say, I'm righteous. righteous. Troubles come, but the Lord will deliver them all. Amen. Amen. Today, I would like to talk about family. Today, I'd like to talk about fighting for our family. Everyone say, fighting. For our family. Sometimes it takes aggression to be able to do something right. And today, I would like to really encourage both families and singles to understand how to take a stand for your family. And I believe that the devil wants to destroy the family. One of the greatest attacks in America is not tolerance. It's not financial attack, but family attack. We have so many divorces, so many broken homes, single mom, single parents, many, many family problems, homosexuality, immorality. By the way, I want to tell you that according to the Bible, our church doesn't believe in homosexuality, homosexual practice. Amen? So we believe that God had created Adam and Eve, not Adam and Steve. Adam and Eve. So, we don't believe in homosexual practice, but we love them. We don't attack them. We love them. We pray for them. Actually, in a prayer meeting yesterday morning, we pray for people who are homosexual to be born again and to come to know Christ Jesus. Actually, every sin is not good before the eyes of the Lord. Not only homosexual practice, any sin, gossiping, strife, fighting, Jealousy, all the sins, that's why we don't attack anybody specifically because all of us have some sin in our life that we need to repent. Amen? We want to talk about family today and we need to stand strong for the family. Before I preach this message, I would like to say that there are two first and foremost things that we need to make a decision in our family. Number one, we make a decision that you and your spouse or your family, your children, will be committed to the Lord. You need to say, I and my household will serve the Lord. We will be committed. When I say committed, mean if nothing, emergency happens, I will be in the church on Sunday. I will be in the care group. I will read the Bible. I will live a life of honoring God. I will live a life of excellence and integrity. My family will give glory to God. We are committed to God. Number one, if you don't make that decision, the rest of the talking today will not be beneficial to you. The second commitment that you have is that I and my spouse will be committed to each other. We will be committed to each other, whether in tough time or good time. Amen? Yes, sometimes we may say something wrong, we may say something hurtful and we fight or we quarrel. But after all the things are settled down, then we should forgive one another and we make a decision to commit and to go on with life. Bailing out from marriage is not an option 
in the Christian life. We need to forgive, and we need to be committed through thick and thin, through good times and tough times. Amen. So commitment will help you. If you don't make a commitment, the Lord cannot help you. The principle of Christianity is this: if you do your part, God will do His part. Amen. You cannot just expect God to do all His part and you just don't do anything. You need to do your part, and God will do His part. So many families in the world right now are broken because the devil attack the families with strife, lack of commitment, wrong priorities, sins, bad attitudes, and immaturity. Sometimes people look for the church for good children program, but for me, I think it's more important to look for the church that the adult will grow up and be mature. Because if the adult grow up and be mature, the kids gonna be fine. It's not about children program, but it's about the parents need to grow up and be mature so that the children will see the example of the parents. Amen. We need to dig our heels. We need to fight for our family. I like to read one scripture from the book of Nehemiah, one passage of the scripture. In this passage, Nehemiah was leading a group of people to build the wall. The wall of Jerusalem was broken. It came down. And the enemies can come in and attack their family, themselves, their wife, their kids, and their freedom of faith. So these children of Israel, one hand, they hold a hammer. Another hand, they hold a sword or spear to fight. They have to fight for their family. Nehemiah chapter 4, 14 to 20, the Bible says, And I looked and arose and said to the nobles, to the leaders and to the rest of the people, Do not be afraid of them. Do not be afraid of your enemy. Okay? Remember the Lord. Great and awesome. You can see here that the first and foremost thing, you need to commit to the Lord. Trust the Lord and serve the Lord. And fight for your brethren. Everyone say fight. Okay, for your sons, for your daughters, your wife, and your houses. And it happened when our enemies heard that it was known to us and that God has brought their plot to nothing. If we commit our life to God and we do our part, the Lord will put the plan of the enemy to nothing. And all of us return to the wall, everyone to his work. So it was from that time on that half of my servants worked at construction, while the other half held the spears, the shields, the bows, war armor, and the leaders were behind all the house of Judah. Those who built on the wall, those who carried burdens, loaded themselves so that with one hand they worked at construction, and with the other held a weapon. You can see they have a posture of fighting for the family. Every one of the builders had his sword girded at his side as he built. As you build a family, you need to stand up and fight for your family. Then I said to the nobles, the rulers, and the rest of the people, the work is great and extensive, and we are separated far from one another on the wall. Wherever you hear the sound of the trumpet, I'm going to sound the trumpet today to the church, Rally to us there, our God will fight for us. Everyone say, our God will fight for me. Amen. So bailing out from marriage, relationship is not God's will. 
We need to fight for happy, successful marriage, no matter what happened around us. If we think that bailing out for marriage is an alternative, then we will always find some excuses or some reason to justify our divorce. We can say we cannot get along. We are not compatible at all. We try and we try. She likes rice. I like bread. I like this kind of car. She likes another kind of car. We cannot get along. The truth is, no marriage couple get along right away, because you come from different backgrounds. You come from different parents. So what you need to do is to learn how to get along. You need to learn how to become one by the power of the Holy Spirit. No one is compatible at the beginning. We all have differences and different priorities and thinking and principle in life. Therefore, we need to do something about it to build a family. We need to overlook weaknesses of our spouse. We need to make some sacrifices in order to build a home. We need to be willing to give in sometime and be flexible. Amen. Yesterday, my wife wanted to go to Costco to do shopping. I didn't want to go. I was tired, but I need to give in to go to Costco with her. We need to be flexible sometime. Amen. And most of the time, people who say that we are not compatible, what they try to say is this: I am selfish. I'm not going to give him. I'm going to have my way or highway, only my way. That is not the way of God. The way of God is to be flexible and try to get along as much as we can. Too many people today are getting married with the attitude that I will try for a couple of years, and if we don't get along, we will find another person. And that is the attitude of today's society. No, God doesn't want us to try. If you're going to get married, you make sure you're going to live with that person until death departs you. Amen. Some people would think this way. I think the grass is greener on the other side. If I dump her and I get another woman, I think it's going to be better. But that is wrong because I believe that it's better off to stay with your woman than to try to build another one. Because the grass on the other side still need to be cared, need to be watered, and to be mowed, and to be taken care of. So even though you jump to the other side, you can still need to work into it. You still need to put something into it. You cannot just say, "I jump into the other side, and we will be fine." We need to stay with the marriage God ordained us from the beginning. Amen. And I want to tell you, there is no perfect spouse. There's no perfect spouse at all on earth here. If Pastor Da tell you that Pastor Lau is perfect, I want to tell you that she lies. <laughs> she definitely lies. She speak like that out of faith. She call out of faith that Pastor Lau is going to be perfect. But I'm not perfect, even though I'm good looking. But I'm not perfect. And she agree with that. That I'm good looking in her eyes. Amen. So stick with your man, stick with your woman, and stay committed. One time, a person interviewed Billy Graham's wife. Have you ever contemplated the word divorce? Pastor Billy Graham's wife say, "Divorce never, but murder yes." <laughs> One lady say, "My husband and I got married." 
for better and for worse. He could not do any better, and I could not do any worse. <laughs> so in marriage, you're gonna face problem of differences, and you need to really learn how to get along. Amen. One thing that we need to be careful is to let the little little things in our life in the past pile up to be bigger bigger thing. In other words, we try to live in the past. Remember and make a list and have an inventory of all the negative things and all the faults and mistakes that our spouse has done in the past years. And whenever you quarrel, you say, "You remember in 1970, you did this." I want to encourage you to pull that piece of paper out that you wrote all the wrong things that your spouse has done in the past. Tear it and throw in the garbage can. And don't live in the past anymore. If you want to build a very good marriage, don't talk about the past. Don't dig them out. Don't talk about their mistake in the past. Amen. Don't bring the negative thing back again. But start afresh. Start anew, and move on with life. One thing I want to talk about standing for your marriage is avoid strife in the home. If you have any disagreement and disappointment. Let this agreement stay in your head, not in your heart. Don't let it come down below your neck. You can look at each other's eyes, and you may disagree, but you need to learn to agree and disagree. You can share your point. You can present your case, but after you present your case, don't try to make another person change his mind or her mind. You just back off. Amen. Allow him or her. To go home and to kind of sit and pray about it and think about it instead of trying to force another person to think the same way. A lot of time we use manipulation, we use tears, we use tantrum, we use threatening word. If you don't agree with me, I'm not gonna be in the bedroom tonight. That is manipulation. Don't force your opinion into somebody's throat, but learn to avoid strife and fighting in the house. Proverbs chapter 18 verse 6 say, "A fool's lips enter into contention, and his mouth calls for blows." He said, "If you use the mouth in the wrong way, you're going to call for strife and fighting." Proverbs 20 verse 3: "It is honorable for a man to stop striving, since any fool can start a quarrel." I hope you don't want to be a fool in this house. Proverbs 22 verse 10: "Cast out the scoffer, and contention will leave." Yes, strife and reproach will cease. I want to give you a better approach in sharing your opinion to one another, husband and wife. What you do is you share your heart. After you share your heart, what you do, you step back and allow God to work in your heart and her heart or his heart, and pray about it. And don't start argumentative words. Don't throw the words to each other in a hurtful way. Don't force your opinion. Just step back and pray and ask God to lead the direction. That's how I and Pastor Da try to resolve the conflict in the house. We talk, we step back, and we pray. Take a few days. Let's think about it. Let it sink down into our heart a few days, and we come back and talk again in a humble and peaceful way. Because the Bible says, "Strive." Will cause confusion in the house, tension. We don't want to have 
the atmosphere of tension and strife in the house. James chapter 3 verse 16 say, For where envy and self-seeking exist, confusion and every evil thing are there. You see, if you begin to become argumentative and you start to fight and you build the tense feeling, the tension in the house, eventually you're going to have confusion and evil things going to happen. You open the door for the enemy to come into your house. So don't make your home to be a place of tense atmosphere. No one likes to be in a house that things going to blow up anytime. Your kids feel like my dad and my mom are going to fight each other anytime. Don't build that kind of atmosphere in the house. Do your best by the power of the Holy Spirit to create that atmosphere of love, peace, and joy. Sometimes Pastor Dan and I, when we didn't agree with something and we start to kind of talk more seriously, sometimes we just make a decision to laugh. We just laugh in the Holy Ghost. We just laugh and eventually cool down and atmosphere come back that we can listen to the voice of God again. Anytime you are tempted to say some hurtful things from your mouth, I want to encourage you to take a deep breath. Count one to ten. And say to yourself, I'm going to yield to the Holy Spirit right now. I'm not going to let my flesh rise up to say some hurtful things toward my spouse. Do you know that the hurtful comments are very painful, like a knife, cutting? You spend 15 seconds to say something sarcastically, a hurtful. But that person who heard it will feel the pain for six months. So you have to be careful because the voice goes out from your mouth so fast, but the other side gets cut by the knife, and that person hurt. And that's why divorce happens, because people don't control their mouth. They are very complacent with their spirit. We need to really stand up and fight the flesh on the inside of us. We need to fight against the carnality, fight against the temptation of the devil. But you say, Pastor, you can say that Pastor Da is a nice woman. You can say like that. My wife, she is so mean to me. She is so short-tempered. We cannot get along. My brother and sister, no matter what, you need to avoid saying bad things in the house because the words have creative power. When you say bad things, you give permission to the devil to come in and destroy your marriage. But if you say good things, then you invite the angels of God to come in to build your marriage. So you need to avoid strife and saying hurtful things. In Ephesians chapter 4, verse 26, the Bible says, Be angry, but do not sin. Sometimes we get angry because anger is an emotion that God has given to us. But the Bible says, do not sin. Do not blast out in explosion when you get angry. Try to learn to be self-controlled by the power of the Holy Spirit. Amen? That's why I love revival. I love the fire of God. Because if you come to the prayer line and you learn how to yield to God, to let the Holy Spirit touch you and take over you and burn you on the inside, then out there in your home, you can learn how to yield to the Holy Spirit and push the flesh down and control your mouth and let the Holy Spirit control you. That's the point of yielding to the Holy Spirit. 
is to be self-control, because hurtful words really damage relationship. Ask the Holy Spirit to fill your life with love all the time, with joy, with purity, with the positive thinking. Don't think negative and don't say bad things. You know we all face stressful time in life. We all face uptight atmosphere. But I want to encourage you not to let uptight atmosphere to go on and on and on in your house forever. We need to fight for the positive, loving, joyful atmosphere in the house all the time. Make a decision to smile, to laugh, to love. To yesterday, Pastor Da was cooking, and I was preparing my sermon. I was reading sermon all day yesterday. I went to stand close to her while she was cooking, and just. Build the atmosphere of love to be close to her, hug her, and want to be close to her. While I was reading the sermon, is to stand close to her and try to build the atmosphere of love and unity in the house. Amen. Happy wife, happy life. Second wife, there is no life. The third wife, working for life, because you have to pay alimony. Amen. So better to stay with one wife and stay with your marriage. Amen. In order to have a happy marriage, we have to fight for it. And I want to encourage you: don't allow strife to happen in your home. Don't play pity games. Don't go around with bad attitudes and do whatever it takes to keep your marriage. We need to be committed to each other. I and Pastor Da have been married for 29 years. Sometimes we were having some arguments, and we raised voice sometimes because we didn't agree with each other. But no matter what, we decided we are not gonna divorce. We will not threaten each other with the word divorce. We will not say, "If you do this, I'm gonna move out of my house right now." Don't threaten each other with the word divorce. Why commitment is so important? Why? Because the romance gonna fade away one day. If your boyfriend girlfriend right now, oh, you feel, oh, when you see your uh, girlfriend, you feel oh, goosebumps. You feel the romance. But I tell you, the romance gonna fade away one day. On that day, when you start to need to pick up some dirty socks and clean up some smelly workout clothes, and you have to put up with some bad habits. Maybe your spouse come back from the exercise, the workout club, haven't even taken a shower, and then jump into the bed with all the sweat, and you say, "Again, I need to wash my bed sheet again." You need to put up with this bad habit. Some of you say, "Wow, when I dated her, she always looked perfect. Her hairstyle looked so good. Her makeup is perfect." But the first day after she woke up from our wedding. I could not remember her. She looked different. The makeup is not there anymore. Her hair is just messy. So you were shocked. This is not the same girl I dated for years. You see, that's why marriage is not a feeling. Marriage is a commitment. A president of a prestige university was an old man, and he was very famous and a very good leader. At one time, his wife was affected by Alzheimer. Alzheimer means dementia, or people get memory loss and confused. And the Alzheimer problem in her life got worse and worse and worse to the point that she could not remember him anymore. 
Actually, he was a well-to-do man. He could hire a lot of people to take care of her. But her condition kept getting worse. One day, he walked into the university committee and said, "I'm going to resign because I need to take care of my wife." The committee said, "No, no, 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 no. We need you here. You're such a good president of the university, and you are rich. You can hire people to take care." And he said, "No, I need to take care of my wife." And the committee say again, she could not even remember you. Why you worry about this? He said that on the day I walk out to give our vow, I say that I will be with her in sickness and in health, even though she could not remember me. But I remember her. I know her. I recognize her. So I will take care of her from now on. This is the commitment that I'm talking about. Amen. Men, God is going to hold you responsible. To keep your family together, do you know that the word husband comes from a Latin language? House band, husband, house band, elastic band that put thing together. So you have the job husband to hold the household together. Amen. That is your responsibility, and God gonna see you on that day and look at your eyes. Why did you do this? You break your house apart. We need to hold our house together. House band. Proverbs chapter thirty-one verses twenty-eight to twenty-nine. The Bible say, "Her children rise up and call her blessed. Her husband also, and he praises her." Everyone say, "He praises her." Many daughters or many women have done well, but you excel them all. Another principle I want to share with you, husbands and wife. But I want to point to husband more than the wife. Is that you need to bless and compliment your spouse on a regular basis. When you wake up in the morning, you look at her eyes, and you say, "There are so many beautiful women out there," but you exhale them all. Amen. I can guarantee, if you do like this every day, your marriage will be improved significantly. Honey. There are so many beautiful women out there, but you excel them all. <laughs> there are so many good mothers out there, but you are the best. You need to praise your wife. You need to bless your wife, and your marriage relationship will be improved. Many women never heard any compliments for more than ten years. Never heard. Maybe they heard it when. You boyfriend girlfriend, but after you got married, you take it for granted and never say anything. All they have heard is that the food is terrible today, the dinner is too cold, the kids too loud, too noisy. Only complain and complain and complain. I want to encourage all the men in this room to take inventory. What you have talked to your wife in the past ten years? Did you say something nice to her? Did you compliment her? Wow! Today, all the lady like me. Did you really say precious word to her? Compliment is like a glue that make two person hold together in relationship like this. You know why we need this glue? Because all of us have to face some difficulties in life, some thing that you don't expect. And if your spouse realizes that you appreciate her or him, love him. Or love her, and value him or her so much, it's going to be easier 
to go through hardship together and stick together. Amen. That's why every morning when you wake up, you need to say positive thing, compliment your spouse and bless your spouse. Amen. Pray, lay hand on your spouse and say, God bless you. You stay healthy. You are anointed. You're gonna be fruitful in the kingdom of God. The Songs of Solomon has eight chapters. Solomon who wrote the book of Proverbs. And out of eight chapters, Solomon complimented his wife 40 times. Compliment her strength, her beauty, her intelligence. So we need to compliment our spouse on a regular basis. You say, Pastor, you can say that because your wife is wonderful, but mine is different. But I want to encourage you. It doesn't matter. Because if you keep speaking positive, looking for the positive of your wife, believe me, it will draw the good thing out of her. If you keep speaking negative, you're going to draw negative out of her. This is the principle of using your mouth. If you speak positive, the good things going to be drawn out of that person. Always be positive. Yesterday, our kids invited us to go to P.F. Chang for dinner. And I said, no, 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 I'm not going to go to P.F. Chang. I'm going to eat at home because the food of your mom is much better than P.F. Chang. And it's true. Yesterday, she cooked simple thing, fried egg and some you know, fried vegetable. Oh, it's so wonderful to eat at home together. And I say at the end, wow, this is the best in town. Amen. She needs to hear that. She needs to realize that I value and I approve everything she does. Husband need to practice that way. Draw the good things out of your wife. Amen. Speak the blessing over your wife on a regular basis. And I can tell that she's going to rise up to the next level. Her bar is going to rise up. Raise the bar of your wife by speaking positive about her, complimenting her all the time. Not only that, the Bible tells us to treat your wife like a queen. Ephesians chapter 5, verse 25, Husband, love your wives, just as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for her. Colossians 3.19, Husband, love your wife and do not bitter toward them. 1 Peter 3, 7, Husband, likewise, do well with them, mean your wife, with understanding, giving honor to the wife. We need to treat our wife like a queen so that you will be like a king. This is the important thing. If you treat your wife like an old lady, you're going to be an old man. But if you call your wife Queen Dararat, Queen Brenda, you're going to be a king. Amen? You may say, Pastor, you can say this, but I'm not a romantic guy. I'm not a romantic guy. I was raised in a house that we never heard any romantic words. I want to tell you right now, there is no excuse. It doesn't matter you grow up in a romantic house or not. You need to be romantic all the days of your life. You need to treat your wife like a queen if you want to have a healthy relationship or marriage. Amen? Always say positive thing. Honey, you're so beautiful. Honey, I thank God that I have you in my life. I think about you all day. Even all day I have job, but you are always in my mind. 
I want to call you. Amen. So convicting. You need to be romantic. You need to speak positive. Being positive and treating your wife like a queen is like brushing the teeth. How many people wake up in the morning and don't brush your teeth and go to work and come to church? Raise your hand up. I'm gonna stay away from you. How many people brush your teeth every morning? Raise your hand up. Okay. If you brush your teeth every morning, you need to treat your wife like a queen every day. The same thing as brushing your teeth. It's so important to do that and to speak positive, to bless, to open the car door for her. Amen. Why do we need to treat our wife as a queen? Look at First Corinthians chapter eleven, verse seven. For a man indeed ought not to cover his head. Since he is the image and the glory of God, but woman is the glory of man. So the wife is the reflection of the man's glory. If my wife looks beaten down, depressed, weak, stressful, being stressed out, I, as a husband, I need to examine my life because I have a problem. She is a reflection of my glory. If I am immature and very selfish, my wife will suffer. And when she go out to everywhere, she's gonna look like this, all the time, unhappy, beaten down, sick, depressed, couldn't sleep. But if your wife go everywhere, her mannerism, her face, her voice, very happy, very glorious, very shining, you can tell the husband. It's good because the wife is a reflection of the man's glory. Amen. Examine your life every day. Amen. Do you make your wife feel secure? Do you make your wife feel proud of herself that she's a good wife? Do you tell her on a regular basis? And if your wife is strong, confident, secure, beautiful, radiant, and healthy, people will see that you are the king of the house. But if she look like a beaten down woman, you are not a king anymore. Are you the king? If you're the king, your wife need to look like a queen. Amen. Don't call your wife my old lady. Call her queen. If you call her your old lady, you're not a king anymore. Amen. Honor. Proverbs chapter thirty-one verses twenty-eight to twenty-nine. Her children rise up and call her blessed. You can see here that this husband show good example to the children. Everyone say, show good example. Do you know that your children need good example? Need guidance, need direction. Because the husband in Proverbs 31 prays and bless the wife. So the children follow the example of the husband or the father and bless and praise their mothers. Amen. We need to set good example. How you treat your wife would really determine how your children treat their mother, and not only that, psychologically, we find out that a lot of time the daughters will marry somebody who look like the dad, and the son will marry somebody who look like the mom. So, dad, if you want your daughter to marry somebody who look like you, if you are Hard, and you talk hurtful things to your wife all the time. Your 
daughter is gonna be gravitating to marry that kind of person, and one day that man is gonna treat her that way. But you are polite, loving, kind to your wife, honor your wife. Your daughter will look at it and say, "Hey, I'm gonna look for a man like that." The same thing, wife or ladies in this house. If you want your son to marry a godly woman, you need to be godly too. You need to treat your husband with respect and in a godly way. Amen. The future of your children depends on how you behave. They watch you. They draw everything out of you. The way you talk, the way you treat each other, the way you respond to the situation. Therefore, it's good to open the door for your wife off and on to show honor. Amen. I try to do that if I can. My wife is pretty quick. Sometimes she go into the car before me. But if I can, I try to open the door to show honor to my wife. Some people say like this: A man usually open the door for his wife because of two reasons. Number one, because she is a new wife, and number two, because it's a new car. <laughs> He doesn't want her nail to grab on that door and make a scratch. Let's go back to the good old days of showing respect and honor to one another. Amen. <laughs> If you open the door for your wife and your friends say, "Oh, you are a weak guy. You are such a weak guy. You open the door for your wife. You need to be martial. You need to let her open the door for you." I want to say that you need to either stop meeting with that friend, or you bring that friend to church and listen to this sermon, <laughs> because that friend is not a man. He's not a man. A man doesn't mean that you have a Harsh voice with mustard under your nose, a man. To have XY chromosome doesn't mean you are a man. To be a man is the one who take care of the family. Be good example to the children. Honor the wife, treat the wife with honor, and being good example. Being a man of God that is a real man. Amen. Humble person serving other people. And if you can do that. You can raise the bar of the loving environment in your home, and then your children will follow your new standard. Some of you may grow up in a home that the dad never show respect and honor to your mom at all. But that's okay. Now you are Christian. You are a new creature. You need to follow Christ's example, and you're gonna set up a new standard. And raise the bar in your house, and you can go as high as you want to how to treat your wife. Amen. If you treat her as a second class, you will not be blessed, as God promised you. I believe that a lot of home is in trouble because the man is not responsible to be the man of God. It's interesting, from genetic point of view, every man has X and Y chromosome, and woman has X X chromosome. So who dictate the sex of the kids? If the man, the sperm give Y, that baby become boy. If the sperm give X, the baby become a girl. So, in other words, God tried to tell us that it's so important to have a really a godly husband in the home. Don't expect your wife to be ahead of you. You need to be ahead of your wife in spiritual life. And 
All the ladies in this house, if you are single, you need to look for a godly man to marry a godly man who fear God to lead the house. How the kids gonna grow up depends on the man a lot. How he behave in the house. Amen. So we need to encourage our children off and on and affirm our children. Sometimes parents only attack the children, blame the children, or correct the children. We need to do the other side too. Hey son, you are good son. You can do well. I trust you. I trust that God will work in your life. You're gonna be a godly man, daughters. You're gonna be fine. God will be with you. God will help you. You speak positive. You encourage and you affirm and you give approval to your children all the time. Many many men are so busy with work; they'll never have time for their children. That is a big mistake. Last night, I decided to go out to see movie with my children. I need to spend time with my son too. Talk to him, eat together. We need to spend time, not just have only good time in your job, in your career. The success in your career is not going to make up for the loss of the family. A lot of men are successful in that job on the expenses of their kids. We need to spend time with our kids. We need to know if a man going to come. To take your daughter out for a date, you're gonna have to be the first one on the door, and say, "I want to let you know there is a man in this house for my little girl. You cannot do anything." I remember when Brendan come to meet Tanida. I call him to sit down together, and let's talk. That's what I did. I sat them down and talk <laughs> to say that. Hey, you need to treat my daughters right. Amen. You need to be the protector of your daughters. You need to really learn how to take care. You need to know what kind of song they listen in the iPod. You need to know what kind of friend they associate with. You need to protect them, and you need to encourage them all the time. It's interesting. People in the society have drug problems, and a man come and share. That you know, I have a drug problem since I was young. I say, what? What kind of drug problem? Yeah, I have a big drug problem. My dad always dragged me to church, to the Bible study. He urged me to go out to the prayer line to be filled with the Holy Ghost, to be filled with the fire of God. He always teach me to do the right thing. He always want me to be a godly man. I'm so drug up with my dad's teaching, so I grow up in drug, but not the drug of the world. But of God, why don't we pour the good things into our kids, and they will be drugged, but not with the bad things, but with the good things in their vein. Amen. Either they fill their life with some bad things, or they fill their life with good things that you pour into their life. That you are so important for the future of your kids. How you behave, how you encourage them, how you talk to them. There is a situation happened in South Africa. At that time, there were so many, many elephants in an, in an area, and they don't have enough space for the elephants. So they put 300 baby elephant into another national park. In that national park, the majority of the animal was we call rhinoceros. Rhinoceros is no one can match. Very strong. No other animal can kill rhinoceros. But a few years later, they find that this rhino died on the field. So they put a camera 
and watch what happened. They find out that all these 300 baby elephants grow up without dad and mom, became very aggressive, and killed the rhinos. So they learn that the kids that grow up without good father figure have problem, and this is why. I believe that this society is in trouble right now, because more than 50% of people divorce, and the kids grow up without a father figure, or with maybe only one weekend of father figure. I want to encourage all of you. If you see somebody in the church who are single mom, why don't you extend love to that family? You go out vacation, bring them along with you. Disciple and mentor all those kids that have no father. Help them, because they need the father figure. Amen. Get involved in their life. Help them. The father figure is so important. So I want to encourage all of you: make sacrifices. Take some time with your kids. Don't just work, 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 work. Make money. But pour out some good things into their life with your words, with your good example. Fight for your family. Amen. No one else is going to fight for you. You need to fight for your own family. Don't allow strife to go into your house, to come into your house. Be committed to each other. Be a blessing to one another. Sow the seed of love and joy in your house all the time. Build the atmosphere of unity, love and joy, peace and righteousness. Bless your wife. Bless your spouse. Compliment your children. And your spouse, all the time, and I can guarantee you're gonna have a very successful marriage and happy life. Amen. And God will bless you. I hope that this teaching will really help you to have some practical point of how to stand firm for your family, how to fight for your family. Amen. Thank you, Lord Jesus. How many men in this room say, "I'm gonna start"? To brush my teeth every morning now, <laughs> men. How many people promise? How many men in this room say, "I'm gonna start to treat my spouse as a queen, and I will also speak word of blessing and compliment to my spouse." Raise your hand up. Amen. Praise God. Start from the man in the house, and believe me, everything will go well. Your wife will be happy, and the whole house will be happy. And your kids gonna learn from you, amen. Why don't we all stand up and pray together? Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Why don't you follow my prayer, Father in heaven? We commit our life to you. We want to obey your word. Give us the power of the Holy Spirit, the grace of God. To do what you say, to be what you want us to be. We promise you, Lord. We will take a stand for our family. We will fight. One hand build a family. The other hand hold the sword. Fighting against sin and the devil. We promise you, Father. We will speak only encouraging word to one another. We will bless one another, compliment one another, 
giving approval and affirmation. We will be good example to our kids. Oh Lord, as we do our part, you do your part. You fight the battle for us, Lord. We will have strong families in this house. I will have a strong family, godly family, and my thousand generation to come will be blessed in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Before you sit down, I'd like to ask a question. Any one of you in this room don't have Jesus in your heart? You don't believe in Jesus? I'd like you to really give your life to Jesus today. Or you give your life to Jesus many years ago, but you walk away from God. Why don't you give your life to Jesus today? Pray with me and ask God to come into your life. Amen. How many people want Jesus in your life? Raise your hand up. Want Jesus in your life? Raise your hand up. Jesus in your life. You cannot do what I say here without Jesus. Believe me, it's hard to do. Only God can help you to do it. Amen. Why don't you follow my prayer if you want Jesus in your life, Father in heaven? I admit, Lord, I am a sinner, and You love me. You sent Your Son Jesus Christ to die on the cross to pay for my sin, to set me free. Jesus, I believe in my heart and confess with my mouth that You are Lord and Savior of my life. I receive you into my life right now. Thank you, Lord Jesus. In your name, I pray. Amen. Amen. May the Lord bless all of you. Amen. We trust this message has ministered to you. If you would like more information about New Hope International Church or other teaching series, please contact us at 206-275-1042 or visit our website online at www.newhopeinternationalchurch.org. You may also write to us at the following address: New Hope International Church, 9170 Southeast 64th Street, Mercer Island, Washington, 98040. Thank you very much. 